Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. So today I have Joe Atker in the house. Welcome. Hi, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Very excited to have you on the podcast and talk about your five hats. <laughs> yes, my five hats. What are my five hats? I've forgotten. There's so many of them. There are indeed. So what I mean by five hats or what you mean by five hats, because that's how you describe yourself, that you, you are aware of many hats or you are lots of things is, is your sort of title. And um, why don't you just walk us through what those are, Joe? Okay, so first and foremost, um, my first hat is property investor. So um, I'm a property investor. My second hat is a teacher and trainer. And my third hat links the two together because often I I end up uh, being a public speaker. So I do the speaker circuit and I end up sort of teaching um, and talking about property. Um, My fourth hat. Um, is I'm a podcaster. So just like you, uh, I uh, co-host the Property Jam podcast with my gorgeous co-hosties, uh, Matt Baker and Niles Scott. And the fifth hat is a new hat. I haven't quite popped it on yet, but um, I- I'm sort of designing my hat at the moment. And it's looking to set up a new business um, as a mentor. Um, and uh, yeah, a mentor in public speaking. That's That's how I'm labeling it. So it's something that you've organically arrived at because people are asking you for that service. So you've been doing it for a while, but just not monetized it and realized actually you should be. Yeah, 100 percent. Because the thing is, it was it's really weird. It's all roads. So when I started in property, property led to teaching property, teaching led to public speaking and public speaking kind of led to having a networking event. And that kind of led to a podcast. And in and around all of that, it's organically highlighted that yeah I should be I should be monetizing um sort of teaching people how to to speak publicly or empowering people and mentoring people in that skill Uh, it's all sort of led there um and it's it's quite exciting because it's just happened like you say organically because it's the one thing that people come to me the most about if they've got like a big presentation that they're doing or they're training up to teach um material um so material that I teach in around property yeah, I seem to be the first port of call. And I absolutely love it. I love that one-to-one. I love that taking somebody who might not be necessarily very confident about their speaking style or what it is they're delivering and then getting them to tap into the most authentic version of themselves and present that on stage. It's something I can do and it's something that I love. And I think that's really clear when, whenever I see you on stage, I mean, you put 100% into that performance and it, and it is a, essentially a type of performance in the communication that you're delivering to, to the audience. Yeah, it's weird actually, which is funny because it's the, probably the thing that connects me to my educational backgrounds more than anything ever has. Cause I always laugh. Um, like, my my degrees were 
quite bizarre really um and it's I'll, I'll tell you about those in a minute but it's funny how for the first time in a long time I feel like I'm setting up a business that actually uses my educational background because everything else has kind of happened just because I fell across it or I was looking for something that satisfied um, a certain issue or problem that I was having in my life and this, this is completely different so it's like all the bits of that jigsaw puzzle are finally coming together and it's really exciting it feels like it's supposed to be happening does that make sense it makes perfect sense and I think when you've got a passion for something if you are able to pursue that and and monetize it in in a in a sense that you're enjoying what you're doing then that can absolutely go <laughs> stratospheric in terms of the achievements that you will then get but you'll get fulfillment is most important yeah and fulfillment often comes from passion doesn't it so passion is my favorite word in the english language it's it's just i think it encompasses so much and in fact when i did my master's degree i did it on the word passion and you know um just how important that is because if you are passionate about something, you will put all of your energy into that. And that's the thing that you should definitely monetize. I know so many people talk about that. You know, there is just endless books on that topic and there are endless podcasts and, and vlogs and blogs about that stuff, but it really is true. And I think probably for the first time, I'm feeling that most authentically because it's something that I'm setting up by myself. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting. I think it's interesting you say that it, it, there are so many pieces out there written about it and it's forever been said, but how many people actually pursue their passion? Mm, probably not many actually. And that's, well, I've been guilty of this too. It's, um, some people don't know what it is or <laughs> which I guess that was my situation you know I, I sort of knew the skill set was there but I never thought about it in business terms so that's one thing so it kind of I needed sort of the universe and people to show me that <laughs> and that's what's happened but also I mean like everybody feels um is you're frightened that if you do have a passion um well actually for example I mean my degrees a lot of it was was performance based and so many of the people that I studied with were aspiring actors even though the discipline that um you know we were studying in the university was not really to turn out actors it wasn't that kind of thing at all but nonetheless it drew that sort of crowd and so many of them were like I want to be an actor I want to be an actor but really they had given up before they even started because the idea of making it in the acting world was almost near on impossible in their mind so they kind of had decided that it wasn't going to happen um yeah and that obviously sets people off course perhaps that's why you you sort of aligned yourself with those people thinking that well you know you, you almost put that whole education behind you for the same reason that you weren't going to use it so it wasn't really worthy um, but you did really well in it I did. It's ridiculous. Okay. So I'll give you a whistle stop tour. So I did a BA, right. And I always laugh because when I tell people what I did a BA in, they get the giggles or the, or the eyebrow goes up. Cause you can kind of see them go, that's not vocational. Or why did you do that? So my BA was in Spanish and theater. So Spanish is language and, um, <laughs> I'm not silly. If you do a Spanish degree, you get a year abroad in Spain. I'm like, yeah, winning. Let's do that. That's fantastic. <laughs> right. And, uh, the second part of it was performance studies which is a lot of people assume that's acting and drama and theatre and stuff like that. And there are elements to it, but it was more of, it's more like the academic arm of those topics. So you might be looking at somebody or something 
in a performative kind of way. So you might be looking at an object and and looking at the performance of that object in a space or the performance of a, a, a person just walking through everyday life. And you'll come at it from a very specific angle and you'll link other disciplines in like maybe anthropology or psychoanalysis or even theology. So it's really broad ranging, a very academic actually. So um, I did that as a BA and then I kind of dropped the Spanish and went on to do um, uh, performance studies as a master's. And that's, that's where I kind of excelled because during that one year of full on master's degree, I took my brain to places I didn't even know it could go to. <laughs> and I really learned so much about self-discipline and creativity and also what I was capable of academically, which was just fantastic. And then from there, I took it on to PhD level and got halfway through, but because I was self-funded and because it was just, it was, it was really hard. It's very lonely doing a PhD, a little bit like being a property investor, interestingly enough. Um, it's, it's very lonely. And two and a half years through, I decided to stop. And that was the right decision. My intention for doing the PhD was to teach. So that drive to teach, that drive to kind of educate was always in me because I knew it's, it's something you feel in your bones. You know what you're good at. And I could feel in my bones that I would be good at teaching. But I could also sense that that was the wrong pathway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, again, it's all about that sort of organic, everything leading to this point in my life. And it's going back to what we were saying about my education. I'm kind of more proud of it now. The reason I'm less sort of sheepish about telling people what I studied because I get the raised eyebrow is because now it bloody makes sense. Does that make sense? Like I, it now I'm putting together something that links those topics so spanish is all about taking language from one form and translating it into another so that the person can understand it or your audience can understand it and performance is the same it's all about making yourself known and clear to a spectator or an audience and and how you do that as yourself you know um how you perform in a space how you use language how you pitch how you how you uh, pace all of that yeah i could i can do that with my eyes closed so and that, it's like, yeah, yeah and because you've got a message that you want to share that's what makes it now important for you yeah yeah um I think the message I mean the biggest message I think and you know you follow people on social media right and there's so much false nonsense out there and anyone on Instagram probably gets insta fatigue because you're just looking at false image after false image after false image. But the people I follow and the people that I'm most interested in are the ones that come across as their most authentic self. You know, there's no agenda. Yeah, they might be selling something, but I'm going to buy it if I buy into them. And what I don't want to do is kind of create a model that it becomes a copy and paste of who I am and what I do and how I present and how I speak, because that's not authentic to somebody else. So what I want to do is get people in touch with their most authentic self, almost like their, their truth. So that when they are publicly speaking or they are presenting to other people that comes across from almost like their inner core, their inner soul. And I feel like it's my job to um, facilitate that. And I think I think I'm going to learn a lot from doing that um, myself, you know? De definitely. It's, it's an incredible space being in the public speaker space. I don't know if you've ever been to one of the professional speaker association meetings. I haven't actually. And I think this is what I'm realizing I need to expose myself to more is more the, um, 
the network and the the theory behind public speaking because I know what I feel and I know what I do but now I need to immerse myself more in that so yeah talk to me a bit about that like well it's just such a great opportunity to mix with people from different industries because we've both got a background of property and we're heavily networked in that industry and going to a PSA PSA meeting means that you are talking to people from all different walks of life with all from all different backgrounds and they've all got a story that they're sharing on a stage and for me oh it's been invaluable because I, and you're going to have quite a few people on this podcast you're listening to over the next few months who have come from that arena and it is just such a a a, a sort of rich environment of content and exposure to different stories and essentially we all have a story right yeah absolutely I mean everything's a story I think that's what I'm I'm learning you know there's there's a reason why on Facebook and Instagram you have the story and the story function because it's people giving snapshots of themselves in their own version of themselves and I think if you can do that in a public space with confidence um, and speak the truth of whatever it is you're talking about, that's a massive skill. You know, it's, it's really, really powerful. Um, and surrounding yourself by like-minded people who can enable that um, is just, is just great. So yeah, I, I think it's, you highlight something that I'm, I'm kind of getting acutely aware of. There's been some books that have been drawn to my attention recently and it's so strange, isn't it? We talk about that reticular activating system that when you decide something, all of a sudden those opportunities start to present themselves. And without a doubt, that's, that's happened to me. Like it's just suddenly books have come on my horizon. People have been signposted to me and I've been signposted to people and it's just, yeah, this is definitely supposed to be happening, but I'm terrified, Amy. I'm so scared. <laughs> Do you know, it's really oh. funny because those things are out there at all times. And yet we, we just sort of maneuver from one space to another, oblivious sometimes of what's actually right in front of us. And that for me is, is always a bit of a weird concept that, you know, all these people were investing in property when I didn't know anything about being financially independent or or all these people were having fantastic opportunities of reading books on personal development and I didn't even know that bookshelf was in existence in the in, in Waterstones or other other bookshops yeah. and you know it's just until you sort of open your mind and have the opportunity to to speak to other people you can become quite closed in your your circle but once you open that circle and, and see more you more opportunities come your way and if you start showing any kind of passion coming back to what you were saying earlier people will then say oh I know you should do this or you should do that because it's you're showing your true self and that's why people are swiping and not scrolling anymore because they want to see the stories and not the feed yeah the stories and not the feed that is so true. And do you know what? It's so funny, right? I'm going to tell you this story because it came up. This happened uh, a few weeks ago before uh, the whole lockdown situation from COVID-19 happened. So, okay, I was, I recently um, befriended somebody on Facebook. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if they befriended me. I don't know if I befriended them. I've got no idea because I've been actively trying to ex um, expand my network. So anyway, it organically happened, however it happened. And I saw a post that they posted the other day. I was one of the first to see it. And it said, I've got a VIP ticket available to this um, particular event. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, it was, it was going to be in the middle of March. Um, and when I looked at what the event was, it was a two-day conference 
basically immersing myself in exactly the kind of people that I need to be surrounding myself by. So trainers, um, podcasters, uh, entrepreneurs, um, uh, public speakers, mentors, coaches, all of that good stuff. And I was like, I was supposed to see this post, you know, when you just yeah. like, this was supposed to happen. So, you know, VIP ticket as well. And they were, they weren't asking for money back. They were just asking that I make a donation to a charity. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I got in touch. I was the first person to respond. And um, that's exactly what I did. I responded and um, I got the ticket. It was like this golden ticket. And I thought that's amazing. Now, sadly, because of the COVID-19 situation, for obvious reasons, 500 people under a space in one roof, uh, under one roof for two days was not the best idea. So it did get cancelled. Um, however, what that has led to is conversations with people who organised that conference, following up with me, asking what that I had hoped to get out of it. And then I've been referred and signposted to other people, which has been brilliant. Um, so again, you know, mastermind groups, um, contacts, uh, future events that they're going to be running that I'm going to be going, attending. Really great, right? Like, absolutely fantastic so yeah it's it just kind of proved the point to me that this is supposed to be happening but that led to getting my business card printed ahead of time and thinking through what that looked like and the message that I'm putting out there yeah great (laughs) well um, you're just meant to see what you're meant to see sometimes and I believe in serendipity hugely and and I I responded to one post on Instagram and that was linked Ruth Hobbs she was posting about a particular event and I went along to that event and that was back in September and that has definitely changed and my entire life and my circle of friends to be involved with all these women in property but also a lot of these women have got other industries that they're involved in as well so it has definitely and that's one of the reasons this podcast has manifested itself as well oh yeah I mean that journey alone (laughs) you know I just you know I admire you so much because you never everything you do comes from a place of intent and if you never do anything like half measures I always (laughs) okay listeners seriously Amy has got the ability to document and research like no human being on earth it is quite unbelievable and so when you and I were talking last week about this idea that you'd had for this podcast you know when you can feel it you can actually feel it in your bones that this is 100% the right direction for you and I couldn't be more excited because it plays into everything that you are um you know I think you are a strong woman in property you are a strong woman in business you are an amazing networker and so you know I've picked up on that I, I so funny I keep I'm so connected through our podcast to you know different people um certainly on social media and I look at you know one profile and there you are you know there's a picture of Amy <laughs> and then like there's like a, somebody talking about a networking event that they were at the other night oh there you are there's Amy there she is yeah you're very much plugged into that world so using this as a platform to, to keep joining those dots and make more connections is just especially amongst women yeah I'm just I think this is great I'm I'm yeah big fan <laughs> oh thank you Joe, and I really appreciate everything you just said so I, I just do what I do and I think that I, I'm as you say I'm just honest with myself and I work the way I work and I always I don't know people always look at me and say well why have you got a spreadsheet with all your books on that you've read or been recommended and and got color coding it's like well doesn't everyone have one of those <laughs> no okay, <laughs> clearly no, not. Amy, no no there's no <laughs> other human being not not one I can think of that does but that's why you um that's why you're so good at what you do I mean we have completely different approaches I'm a 
I'm very um, intuitive. So I, I follow my gut above anything else in my life. It really, it's never steered me wrong. And if I can feel that something isn't right, then I won't even invest any of my time into it. But when I know something is right, well, I actually, it's, it's like a physical reaction. It's a physical, it's almost like a spiritual, emotional reaction. All of those things connect and then I will pursue it. And then I turn into a bit of an Amy Rodinson. Like I, then I will start to, you know, really get under the skin of something and do my due diligence. And the same is true of property. The same is true of like, um, personal decisions in my life. You know, I, it's, it, it's a, it's a feeling, it's like a compass, like a, like a, um, it's a compass. That's exactly what it is. So how did your compass, how did your compass steer you towards your first property investment title that you gave yourself? My first hat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, that was a, that was a funny one. So there was lots of reasons why that came about. The first and foremost was looking after my family, really. My, parents got to a stage in their life where they were both retired and not particularly financially comfortably like they you know their state pensions were near on non-existent their private pensions well my mum didn't have one but my dad's was negligible um and they you know they weren't okay they had their life savings which I could you know if you're looking at the the years ahead they're going to spend them and there's no more money coming in so that was I wanted to make sure they had something in their years that meant they were okay. And they are also responsible for my brother, Stevie. Now Stevie's severely disabled and they still are his primary carers, even though they're now in their mid seventies. And for me, that's not the healthiest of situations. And so what I wanted to do being the only sibling really that could do anything about it, um, because Stevie couldn't was to create a situation whereby money was coming in that passively set them free and what that did by giving my parents a bit of money it set them free financially but also it set stevie free so that we can start to look at you know the bigger picture when they're no longer around and sort of transitioning him out of the family home which is healthier for my parents and it's healthier for stevie so yeah that that was a big motivation for me because that's a massive as you can imagine emotional topic it involves a lot of change and it involves a lot of letting go and it involves money and ever since I was a little girl because I've known Stevie was going to be my responsibility making sure that he was okay and that my parents were okay whenever that transition came has been a massive driver more than a driver I think it's been um my mission in a way um you know for anyone I speak to they always know that that is a big part of what I do and why I do it so property was a natural answer to that because I could get them passive income but, but I did could you also... know that when did you when did you work that out because were you financially educated in any way to understand that a passive income was an option Oh God, no. Oh no, not at all. I mean, I didn't know about, I didn't even know what the words passive or income were. I mean, it was just all, it all came about because, um, I think so that links into the second reason because it's kind of what led me to finding out how property could help. Um, so my husband had a brain hemorrhage, uh, seven years ago now, um, completely out of the blue, um, terrifying, you know, took a long time to get over, but the offshoot of that trauma was to 
get perspective and just stop dicking about. Sorry, I'm allowed to swear. Probably not. Um, stop mucking around, um, trying to, um, you know, making excuses as to why, you know, you want to help your family, but you're kind of peacocking, you know, you're peacocking saying you want to help and be the good Samaritan, but you're not actually doing anything about it. And you've got no provision for the future. So get on with it, do something about it. And when that happened, that was when I got perspective and our reticular activating systems opened to opportunity and possibility. And that's when we saw an advert in a newspaper advertising a, um, a seminar about property. Um, that led to attending a three-day workshop. And that's when the, all the light bulbs went off. God, I have to say that workshop was probably one of the most pivotal moments of my life because not only did I realize how little I knew about life and money, <laughs> so passive income suddenly appeared as a concept and I couldn't believe it. Um, I also then started having light bulbs going off left, right and center about how I could help my mum and dad and how I could set my brother free and how I could get financial independence for me. And, but also I could see myself teaching it. Again, I felt this very strongly when I was in that classroom. I was like, I was watching the person teaching me, no disrespect to them. They were not a terrible teacher. They were a fantastic teacher. But I knew because teaching was always a passion and something that I wanted to do. I was like, I could do that and I could do it better. I could feel it. So um, imagine it was probably one of the most overwhelming experiences I think I've ever had. Um, so that's interesting because so not only did you see yourself going down the, the process of investing, but you jumped several stages to going into the teaching. So you 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 almost was excited so much that the, the property was like, by the by, I just want to teach this. Yeah, totally. Because you know what? It's like, oh yeah, all these people, they're investing up north and oh, you know, they're raising money and that, you know, all of that. I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I can learn all that. I'm sure I'm just gonna do all that. That's fine. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do all that because that solved the financial side. But I think what sprung out of that event was the um, self-fulfillment side, like the the now is my time kind of thing, yeah. um, you know, that, oh, my God, this is, I think I'm supposed to be doing this. And I, you know, it was very, very strong. It was like a gravitational pull. And, yeah, the property was like a, uh, I almost flip it the other way around. The, the, the property is not the passion. Yeah. And I knew that and I'm very okay with that. Um, property is brilliant for what it does, but do I love bricks and mortar? Oh God, no. You know, it's bricks and mortar. And um, there's aspects of it I enjoy, but it's not going back to that word I said earlier, it's not my passion. And I know that my passion links to property, but my passion comes um, from, you know, teaching people how it can create opportunity and possibility for them that gives me life I love it it's everything so property can either be your passion or it can fuel your passion oh god yeah I always say this to people there's two kinds of investor there's the first who wants to roll up their sleeves get amongst it um you know be on site talking to the trade getting plaster dust all over them you know set up a letting agency all that sort of stuff they watch homes under the hammer location location grand design that's their world um, and they want to live and breathe it all power to you. Then you've got the other side. You've got the person who doesn't want to be a property investor, but they want property to be a facilitator for a lifestyle that they choose. I position myself somewhere between the two, interestingly enough, because there are parts of property, especially on the capital side. So like, I love refurbs. 
I love refurbs. I love, I love project managing. So I enjoy that aspect of it. But the rest of it, I mean, quite honestly, puts me to sleep. You know, you know, legals, paperwork, raising the finance, finding the deals. Oh, no, valuation packs, all of that. I do it. But, <laughs> you know, I quite happily park that aspect of it. But I think really the passion is, is teaching the possibility. That's, that's where it's at. I think your, your strength is in the communication because I don't know anyone else who's managed to get a, an investor by sitting on a bus on their way home from work one time. <laughs> oh my God, that's like my favourite story. That was so funny. It was so random. Oh God, should I tell it or have we not got yes, time? Yes, no, please. <laughs> okay. Right, so picture the scene. Um, the Monday afternoon and um, I'm in property. I've got a couple of properties under my belt by this point, but I'm still working full time and I'm working full time in a university um, um, in Bloomsbury in central London. And I was on my way home from work <laughs> and it was, it was so awful. It was chucking it down with rain. It was a grey day. I was in traffic on the Aldwych in London, heading towards Waterloo Bridge. And I'm right, I'm on the best seat of the bus, which as everybody knows, is the top deck at the, at the front. That's where you've got to sit on the bus, get the best view. And the seat next to me was empty. And then we pull up at this bus stop and I hear somebody coming up the stairs and they're all jolly. They've, they've got a spring in their step and they're all like, <laughs> and they come and sit down next to me. Now, bearing in mind, I've got a face on, I'm grumpy. I'm on my way home from work. I'm not in the mood and it's Monday and it's raining and it's awful. And this person decides to start talking to me. And I took one look at her and I thought, oh God, here we go. She's a tourist, right? I'm stuck because, you know, I'm in traffic. She's going to be with me for the long haul and she's too bubbly for her own good. Anyway, she starts, starts talking to me. She's like, hi. And I'm like, you're right. Yeah. She's like, I love your city. I was like, oh, great. This is my American accent, by the way. Apologies if I'm offending any American listeners. Um, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I, I love your city. I love your transport system. You know, you're so lucky. I've been all over Northeast, Southwest. You guys are just so lucky. And I'm like, yeah, 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 great. She is. Didn't want to talk to her, just giving her nothing. And then she's like, what do you do for a living? Now, the smart me should have said, I'm a property investor and I get people high returns on their money. But the mood I was in and the fact I wanted to shut down the conversation, I just said, oh, I just work in a university up the road. And she went, oh, and that was it, silence. Now, silence is awful at the best of times, you know, when you're in conversation with somebody. But when it's a stranger who's really investing in you, you just feel like you've got to say something back. So I just left it for a bit. And then I went, okay, well, what do you do then? And she said, oh, I'm in real estate. And I was like, are you? <laughs> and that was it. We got into deep conversation. And what was bizarre what was really really bizarre was not only did she invest in the uk in property because she's from texas and she had property in texas and she had all sorts of investments all over the place she's in the world of horse training and all this sort of stuff but she also randomly had invested in grimsby which is one of my investment areas i'm like what are the chances of meeting someone on the top deck of a 91 bus who's not only from texas but invest in grimsby what the heck you know, it was just bizarre. And she ended up in my investor pool. She's amazing. So um, there you go. You just need to keep telling everyone what you do, don't you? You just have to... Yeah, you do. And be open to conversation. Yeah, 100%. <laughs>
So you said just then, now is your time or now is my time. And you've definitely aligned yourself in terms of why you're doing it with what you're doing, which is why you are combining your passion with your purpose, which is fantastic. What is your message? What is it you're wanting to achieve? I think, oh, it's a big question. My gut, so my response to that, my reflex response was um, fulfillment. Um, I think happiness is a funny word. I don't I don't buy into happiness because I don't think happiness is a permanent state. I think happiness is something that is just so transient. And if you are permanently happy, that's not a natural state to be in. So for me, even if I'm feeling sad, I can feel fulfilled. And I think now I'm at a stage in my life where fulfillment is of the utmost importance. Um, so I think fulfillment from seeing other people reach their potential and from seeing other people um, take what they believed was possible for themselves to a whole new level is absolutely something that I will get fulfillment from. But I think also being just to self-preserve, to be able to be resilient, whatever the world throws at us. And I mean that in terms of my mental strength but I also mean that in terms of my financial independence I mean that in terms of being able to stand on my own two feet regardless of what goes on with external factors and never have I felt that more than with the current situation that we all find ourselves in with the virus um I I think I want to build upon that and I want to empower others to build upon that in their own lives um and in your teaching and training, Joe, I mean, that is an incredible driver for you, the, the fulfillment of others and helping others to achieve the state that you've achieved. And you see, you see that day in, day out on your training sessions. You see the potential. Do you know what it is? You see, you see self-doubt in so many people. And I have to say it, and it pains me to say it, but particularly women, um, often when I'm teaching, it's the female members of the the classroom that I want to reach out to the most. And it's often because they've come to, to the training from, uh, again, it's like a calling. They've suddenly realized that they are perhaps on the wrong side of 40 or 50. And they perhaps have found themselves dependent on a partner, or perhaps they've dedicated themselves so much to being a parent that somewhere in and amongst all of that, they've lost their identity and they've lost their independence. And that comes in so many forms. That comes in their, um, in their passions, that comes through their career um, and, and certainly financially as well. And so I end up saying the same thing a lot is like, well, now is your time and use property as a way to reconnect with who you think you are. Now is your time to invest and own that. In fact, recently I taught a lady, she, and often this is the case, it's people who've gone through divorce and they've come out the other side of it and they've lost money, you know, in, in that divorce or they've lost a sense of themselves. You know, could I ever be, can I be strong on my own? Like, can I be? And what they do is they turn their attention to property and it will either satisfy two things that going back to those two examples we gave earlier, they will either roll up their sleeves and get involved in property and command those projects and almost find themselves through property, or they use property as a vehicle to get them to tap into that thing that they're supposed to be doing on this planet. And that might be 
you know, maybe the the byproduct that of that is is financial independence, or maybe it's they set up a business because they've now got the time to do it because the money's coming in, and they're following their passion that way. Or sometimes it's just a uh, you know big fat healthy dose of of self belief and self esteem, and you know like I can do something other than be a mum and a wife. You know, like it's there's more to me than that. Um, well, that's definitely the path that I followed, and hundred percent in terms of. I, I've got a nicer spin of, instead of saying I was on the wrong side of 40, I, I call myself a midlife beginner. And <laughs> love it. I, yeah. I yes. just think, I think that my midlife beginnings have come for a reason and I'm, you know, I journal every day and I'm on, on day 1,220 currently consecutive days of journaling. And for me, that has been an incredible experience just to follow my journey. When I look back of what I wrote on day one, on day 70, on day two you know 220 and I I look back and go wow you have come a long way it's amazing isn't it it's just it's a funny old thing property because it's not property really I mean it is but it just opens up so much more um and yeah being able to document that journey is just uh, that's incredible it's the best diary ever right (laughs) it's a personal one it's not it's not for anyone else it's 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 also I write notes on the books I've read and and key key points that I would like resonate with me that that help drive me help focus me and have helped me focus on why and that's why I'm now so clear that what I'm doing is right and what I'm doing is the the right thing in terms of helping everybody to create the lives that they desire and and stretch their possibilities and and I said it before but I've only got one thing on my to-do list and that is get out of my comfort zone. Yes oh god I hear that and you know what right I think you're talking about age and sort of like you know being a a, a beginner in your 40s and I'm 38 but in my head, I just feel that I'm now open to those lessons. I'm open to that possibility. If you'd have shown me all of this stuff back when I was 21, 22, I just don't think I would have been able to process it or handle it or been able to execute it in the same way. Because where my brain is at in terms of readiness and awareness and self or self-knowledge and I just, yeah, I don't think I've been able to, to, to put it into practice like I can now. And perhaps uh, Alan's brain hemorrhage also made a difference. I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that was perspective for sure. That's, that's um, you know, life's short and, you know, it can be taken away from you very quickly. Um, and so when you have to go into battle, um, you know, you are prepared, you know, because all the other stuff is all right in the background. So you can focus on the fight in hand. And actually I have to say, you know, with, with, with COVID, it feels exactly like that. It feels, I mean, I've been here before and worse where something's been thrown at us that, you know, you has completely turned your world upside down. Um, and all you can do is get through. And I feel so prepared mentally, emotionally, and also financially for this. Um, and again, it, this situation holds a mirror up to that, which is, it's like I was saying to you earlier, it's very reaffirming. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Focus on why. I think you're very focused on why. <laughs> and you've shared with us an incredible journey. So thank you. No, my pleasure. And um, yeah, thank you for having me on. I, I have found this as a an experience incredibly useful um, as well. It's uh, It kind of has shown me that I'm I'm on track and that's cool. <laughs>
So your message to the women out there, what would you say to them? I actually, go, I'm going to go with the title. Now is your time. Chances are, if you found this podcast or if you thought about expanding your horizons in some way, you already know that because that's why you're listening. So don't ignore that. Um, whenever you encounter this or whenever you find yourself in a space where you are looking to make a change or pursue a passion, say to yourself, now is my time because it is and allow yourself to be open to whatever the universe then shows you thank you for listening to the focus on why podcast i'm amy ronanson and if you've enjoyed this episode please leave me a five-star itunes review connect with me on linkedin instagram and facebook and become a member of the inspiring uplifting and positive focus on why facebook group have a purpose have a plan Focus on why.